The film and TV show is part of Bridpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BridpodScene.com or follow Bridpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. What's your favourite scary movie? to the film and TV show with me, Richard S. Uh, joining me, as always, is my co-host, Alex. Hello. I'm back, and You're so back. are you. And so am I. It's been, yeah. it's been three weeks since we were last here. Yeah. It's been three weeks. It's so, been pretty crazy. Yeah, it has. It, it's been, it's, there's been a lot going on in, in both of our personal lives, really, that's kind yeah. of stopped us from, <laughs> uh, from being able to get, to get out here. But we are back. Uh, and as you can probably tell from the beginning, we are talking Halloween. Mm. Yes, I know we're late, but it doesn't yeah. matter. But the thing is, people, everyone celebrates Halloween late anyway. It's the, always the weekend after. That's when all the parties are, exactly. like Saturday, Sunday. And and we didn't have the opportunity to do it early because we had stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't get to, so we figured we'd combine both Halloween and Guy Fawkes Night as well. Yeah, because it is Guy Fawkes Night. Um, I do also want to say, just before we, we crack on, that... Um, I'm disappointed. Why? Okay. The reason I'm disappointed... By me? <laughs> no, just just in general. I'm going to have a little whinge okay. about what's coming up this coming Sunday. Okay. Do you even know what this Sunday coming up is? Um. I, well, hopefully you're going to tell me and... I am. It's Remembrance Sunday this Sunday. Okay. It's also so the, I didn't it's remember also, Remembrance it's Sunday. It's also the 11th of the 11th. Okay. So it's a very nice happenstance that it falls on a Sunday. And I'm disappointed the amount or the lack thereof that I see of people wearing poppies. Which, it's disappointing. (laughs) I've got mine on. I I started a new job. Started a new job today. And and the first thing someone said was, ooh, poppy. It's the first one I've seen anybody wearing. And I'm like, well, why not? It's like the week before Remembrance Day. Yeah. Why, Why would you not wear a poppy? It just it's disappointing from from my perspective that there aren't enough, I mean there are loads of people wearing poppies and I get that yeah but there's nowhere near enough no there isn't and nowhere near I'm, enough I'm not wearing one and I haven't yet purchased mine but it's not something that I've been thinking of recently well no uh, which is bad because I think just generally uh, Remembrance Sunday needs to be a bit more uh, prevalent like I think there's a lot more uh, sort of uh, importance given to things, silly ha- holidays like Halloween and uh, yeah. even Guy Fawkes Night over Remembrance Sunday. And in reality, it's, it's certainly nowhere near as important. No, I mean, it, for me, I'm very, I'm very thankful. I have friends who have been in the armed forces, mm, um, and what they do 
is nothing short of heroic. Yeah, all of them, men and women, um, every single service person are uh, a credit to our species and a credit to the human race. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, wearing a poppy, whether it be the paper ones or the enamel, personally. I have the enamel, and I buy a new one every year. This is the 1918 to 2018 one. This is a brand new one. I've also got three others Mm. for this year for the centenary of the uh, First World War. So um, I don't just buy one enamel poppy. I buy several, and I have a nice little collection. And I really do think that people should be proud to wear a poppy, and you should wear a poppy. You should wear it on if you're wearing a jacket, stick it on your jacket. Everyone here alive today has someone that's lived through, uh, you know, the World War Ones and Twos. Yeah. It's not even this country, though. I saw someone who was saying the same thing in the States for their um, for their Memorial Day, for their mm. for their Veterans Day or whatever it is that they call it in the States. Yeah. And it's the same problem. It's why are we so <clears throat> frivolous about wearing a poppy? You know, we're, everyone's happy to dress up in, you know, Halloween as a slutty nurse or a slutty whatever, yeah. you know, but, but no one will, will wear a poppy. It's like, give your heads a wobble. It's a bit sad, but um, it's it just is. something we can try and get yeah. a message out. I, for one, um, advocate wearing poppies on, on items of clothing. If you're wearing a jacket, stick a poppy on it. If it's a waterproof jacket, don't, because it will ruin the, the, the waterproof shell on it, obviously. But stick it on one of your garments underneath and, and wear it all day. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Mm. Wear a poppy. You know, it. if you knew what, what it actually stood for, then... And if you don't, do some research. Yeah, because, you know, it's not just a poppy. You've got the, the red, the black and the green. And also, a massive bugbear of mine is when I see people with, like, the poppy leaf like, hanging down or whatever. It's like, seriously... Put it at 11 o'clock. It's the whole reason why it is as it is, because it should be at 11 o'clock. Mm. Anyway, run over. Yeah. I'm done. Um, Halloween and Guy Fawkes Night. So let's start with Guy Fawkes Night, because it, there's only really one film that, that I can think of yeah. that actually touches on this, and uh, and that's V for Vendetta with um, Hugo Weaving. I love Hugo Weaving. Mm. I think he's amazing. He's so versatile. It's ridiculous. Um, and Natalie Portman. Yes. Yeah. As well. Uh, and that's where she shaves her head. Yeah, that is the one. Which is a bit... It is a bit weird. Yeah, a little bit weird. Um, but there's a reason to that, and that's that's all sort of explained in the movie uh, when she's going through that sort of um, breaking scene. Almost, yeah. it's like being broken in. Um, but yeah, it's such a, such a weird movie. It is a very, very weird movie because I'm... I still have so many questions in regards to it. Yeah, it's it's very... There are a lot of unanswered questions within it. I mean, for those that that, that don't know, and, and I'd be shocked if there are anybody out there that don't know what Guy Fawkes Night is what, and what it's all about, mm. uh, Guy Fawkes basically tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. Damn shame he didn't succeed, but there Which we go. strange that we now celebrate his... Failure? I know, right? I don't know what we're <laughs> celebrating when we're doing Guy Fawkes Night. Are we Are we saying, oh, damn, nearly? <laughs> he nearly got there? You nearly or got there. Or are we saying, down with the traitors? I, I don't know. Yeah, because he was technically a traitor. Yeah. Um, for trying to blow up the Houses of Parliament. But then 
when you look at the state of the country now, you're like, mm, you're like, it's, maybe it's a damn shame he didn't succeed. <laughs> but you're right. Are we, you know, are we celebrating his failure to blow or up the house of parliament? Yeah. I yeah. mean, what exactly are we celebrating on Guy Fawkes night? I know you used to have the penny for the guy, and you'd have a picture of, you know, you'd have an effigy of a guy on a and bonfire, and you'd burn it. So that's saying to me that we don't like Guy Fawkes. Even though when you look at today's standard, he'd actually be classed as a hero and a martyr as opposed to a traitor. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know it's up there. Eye of the beholder, I think. Yeah. To me, he'd probably be more, uh, more a martyr for the cause, I think. Generally, I think he's an unsung hero. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it, but, if, if it is succeeded. But anyway, yeah. that that's the the, the whole pretext for uh, for Guy Fawkes Night. So if you didn't know that, congratulations. You've just been educated on what normally yeah. takes about seven weeks in school. I think he was the, one of the last people to be uh, hung, drawn and quartered, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, but yeah, um, in terms of V for Vendetta anyway... Uh, it was Hugo Weaving as the as V, the as v, title yeah. character. Um, did you know, a little fact for you just before we begin, uh, that some of the early shots that are still included in the movie, um, they were James Purefoy. Really? And he was going to be V, but for some reason he just decided he didn't want to do it. Uh, and they got Hugo Weaving to do the later scenes and uh, obviously do the voiceover for the rest of the movie that's really bizarre didn't know that yeah i mean the film itself is 2005 and hang on I'm gonna oh, no. uh, yeah i'd say probably 2005 it was yeah 2005 so 13 years ago um which even by today's standard is mm. is like a lifetime away it's um it's aged remarkably well all things considered, yeah, it has. Mm. And nowadays it's really odd because I was driving literally here tonight and there was a car just in front of me coming up, um, coming off the, the parkway. Mm. And there was something in the back seat and I couldn't quite see. And it was a V mask, V for Vendetta mask on the back yeah. of their seat. And I've been seeing loads of them everywhere. Oh, yeah. I had um, a pack of kids rolling around at Halloween. Uh, they're all like late teens uh, and they were all just wearing uh, the V from Vendetta masks. And to be honest, I didn't quite like that, considering it seemed more like uh, appropriating gang, gang culture than yeah. actual costumes and dressing up for Halloween. But um, yeah, they're very popular, and especially with the anonymous group, uh, yes. the online hackers. I think that they're use those more masks. nowadays. They're more, more famous for that than, for that than anything. Yeah, but I mean, um, just the blurb from the film. So, following World War, what a surprise. Yeah. Um, London is a police state. Sure, I'm pretty sure it already is. Yeah. Uh, occupied by a fascist government. Hmm. <coughs> this sounds very. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing that I, uh, that really sort of unnerves me is, uh, and one of the things I gen generally I watch the movie and I'm there's something in me that sort of like feels a bit sick, like my stomach churns a little bit when it when I recognise things that are happening today. Yeah. I mean, you only really have to look at. The, the state in, mm. in which we find ourselves politically now. And don't worry, we're not going to go on a political rant. Yeah. But um, it's very easy to find a lot of common ground between that film and modern day political... It's the sort of... The thing that gets me is like Stephen Fry's character, his sort of storyline through that, uh, through V for, uh, v for Vendetta, 
yeah um where he's persecuted where the media is subject to massive censorship uh where police police brutality uh sparks riots and things like that and yeah it just all of that really sort of hits far too close to home yeah uh and yeah i think that's one of the main things that gets to me in this movie and i'm like hmm i can see this happening a bit too clearly you see the only, the only thing that i that i take with that is that um yes it, there is a lot of uh, a lot of similarities and mm. it's scary how many similarities there are between the film and where we are right now but what i do find about uh, about the media portrayal in that is that they are um they're kind of owned as such yeah. the media and you only have to look at the media in this country now 95% is owned by one Conservative. man oh, well yeah it's owned, it's owned by one man Rupert yeah. Murdoch yeah who is a Tory backer yeah um so it, it's hardly surprising when the majority of the media is leaning to the right yeah or the far right as opposed to being what it should be which is central yeah it's it, it's very easy it should to be completely that. unbiased but it's not no it's not and if you ever want to know what's really going on in the world just google any other newspaper from any other country and you will get the real story not what you get told here because mm-hmm. it's just i just generally think a lot of um well i think i think it's extremely difficult for media nowadays to keep its opinion out of it uh, I think a lot of newspapers uh, have their own political agendas uh, that they like to follow uh, or even just personal prejudices and things like that. So I would say when reading a newspaper, uh, when reading an article about something, check multiple sites and get multiple sources to try and establish your own thoughts and theories because no matter what you're doing, you're going to be reading someone and, else's views. And therein lies the the sort of similarity to V for Vendetta where... Yeah. Everything that's published in the media in there is is it's basically propaganda, yeah. really, isn't it? it? It's propaganda. It it also reminds me of the um, the TV show Fringe, uh, where it's got the <laughs> you it, love Fringe. I love honestly, I, I do. <laughs> I, I do. I get a semi just thinking about it. It's a great TV program. Um, well, that's weird, but continue. I will continue. Anna Torv. <laughs> I don't have to say anything else, Anna Tall. That is it. Catherine Winnick. I don't have to say anything yes. else. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, we're going on. Yeah. But, but it does remind me about the, um, the the state that they find themselves in where the media is controlled. Yeah. And people, and the, the general public are forced to to basically swallow the garbage that they're being, mm. uh, they're being told by the media. And that's what happens in V for Vendetta is that they're – the whole population are being fed one side of a story, and that's where V wants to to take the fight to the oppressors, and that's where he begins to build his army, and he begins to 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 take on recruits to to fight the oppressors, basically. Yeah. Um, which ultimately are the, the government, and they're 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 kind of taking a Guy Fawkes style stance with that, but they use the um, they use the media to their own advantage by using it as a way of mobilizing which mm. is very and that's the one thing that i find very clever about that is using the the media at its own game to mobilize itself to to attack the oppressors and i, I found that really quite clever actually yeah the um the whole the whole message of the film is um 
well it's very sort of anti-disestablishment yeah. um and i think there are uh, there are well not just roots but entire sections of the mm. movie that um are reminiscent of george orwell's 1984 yes great in the sort of police state uh the the big brother is always watching and things like that yeah um and for those that pe- people that haven't heard of george george orwell's 1984 it's uh basically um when george orwell wrote the book he was writing to look into the future uh and he was one of the first uh people to really come up with a concept of this sort of police state in which uh the government is always watching what you do uh even down to the idea of thought crime uh, yeah. being uh, a reality where you can actually just be imprisoned and locked away uh just for thinking a crime which is insane it's insane but it's getting closer and closer. I know, right? Yeah. I was going to say, it, um, it's not going to be far off. But yeah, uh, V for Vendetta and 1984 really share a lot of the same sort of beats, along with, uh, and this is another movie that's uh, really similar, Equilibrium, 2002. Oh, love Christian Equilibrium. Love. Yeah. Do you know what? That's one of the one of the, my favourite films because it's, it's so genius in its simplicity. Yeah. Suppressing feelings and emotions to to better the civilization when in actual fact it represses it represses the civilization and and you revert back to um just it's almost like uh the way the way that i've come to see it is a form of almost like it's it it is in a concept a piece of art because yeah. uh art is referenced throughout the film uh in equilibrium uh, because you've got the burning of the pictures, burning of the records, Oops. anything that's creative and might evoke emotional responses burnt. Uh, and the way that the ending happens, it's like a sort of symphony that rises and builds. And then it's like a violent outburst of yeah. everything that was inside uh, John Preston, Christian Bale's character. And yeah, it's... yeah. It's, I, just, I just love the fact that he's like a cleric ninth whatever yeah ninth degree, ninth degree gun cleric. cleric yeah but he's like the the ultimate weapon just yeah. like the the way that he, he you, you've got to watch it it is it, gung fu it is yeah. gung fu absolutely and it's a it's a cracking film and do you know what it's i remember christian bale for that as opposed to american psycho yeah i do i was too young to watch uh american psycho back then um but i watched equilibrium yeah. like religiously yeah but it is, it, you know, V for Vendetta is very much, very much of the same ilk. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's a film that, especially this time of year, evokes the the rebellion in you. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose that when you watch it, it kind of evokes those those feelings of wanting to stand up. Yeah. And the only problem is, is a, as a country, we don't do that. No. And I think it's, um, I think it's very clever in terms of the the message that it does portray in terms of what would make us all stand up which is something so uh disgusting that it triggers an emotional response in everyone to actually take a stand yeah um but and like i love the the domino scene where he just flicks one over and it just uh goes goes. like there's a lot of really great cinematography in that film like really understated cinematography just fantastic film uh, and I think it was based on a comic book originally as well. So 
I've never really gotten around to. I wouldn't be surprised it. if it was a Frank Miller. To be honest, let me just do some research. It probably would be. To be honest, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's his sort of realm, isn't it? Sin City, Three Hundred. It's all very much like a you know. It has a Frank Miller sort of feel to it, but it probably isn't. It just has a. It just has his kind of feel to it, though. Mm. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it was it, based on a 1988 DC Vertigo comics uh, of the same name by Alan Moore and David Lloyd. So Alan Moore, he's yeah. he's a renowned. Um, comic artist and uh yeah excellent well yeah. there you go you know that, that if there are any other films that, that touch on the uh guy fawkes um then then let us know you know i mean the only one i can think of go on <laughs> sorry i was just i just read that the producers uh producers producers were the the wachowskis who i can no longer say the wachowski brothers no the wachowski sisters i think it's sisters now that was a very strange thing to happen. Yeah, that both are transgender. Both, yeah. Both. Do, do you know what? All the power to them. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't take away from the fact that they are visionaries. Yeah, they did the Matrix. They do. Yeah, they did. And then, unfortunately, they did the Matrix 2 and 3. <laughs> but we'll skip over that. We'll skip over those. Um, right, let's play a quick song. Um, I love this song, and I love the film this song okay. is from. It's one of my all-time favourite Halloween horror-type films. Um, it won't be difficult to find out what it is when I play it. So if you don't get it out there, uh, hang your head in shame and be disappointed with yourself because this is an absolute storming one. Oh, my God. 
Absolutely banger, such right. a dope tune I love and it, it just an absolute oh. banging tune absolutely love that and uh, for those of you who didn't get it that's from the lost boys so it's if you didn't get it movie just well. hang your head in shame just oh. go ahead and hang your head that is uh that is um jared mann from uh the cry little sister from the yeah. lost boys which is um a, an amazing amazing film and it holds up so well even How's though it's your worms michael I know, right? Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland is Sutherland. 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 Like is, Donald. Like Donald. What's his dad in it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kiefer <laughs> is uh, just is just brilliant. I mean, the whole the whole cast. I mean, the Frog Brothers. Yeah. Is just epic. Absolutely it's just epic. Like that movie is so good, purely because, like I was saying during the break, that was back when vampires were cool, when they yeah. weren't like. Robert models, Pattinson. yeah, weren't teen models that were just uh, eating little deer in the forest. They were uh, badass. Yeah, they were badass, and they literally just did whatever they wanted. They they yep. took whoever they wanted. They they fed on whoever they wanted, and you know mm. it it just went from there. And I thought that was it, it was a brilliant film. It it was, and if you watched it for the first time and you've never seen it, it is a little bit scary. Some yeah. of the, what gets me is the sweeping shots over Santa Clara, right at the very very beginning where you've got the you've got the security guard, yeah, um, and you've just you literally see it from the bat's perspective as yeah. it's kind of just it creeping over Santa Clara. I mean, it's even it's even classed as the murder cap the, the the murder capital of the world, yeah, and the vampire capital as well as well. Um, although no one believed it, but but except the granddad. The granddad knew, and the Frog Brothers. Well, yeah, of course they knew. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's odd when you look at them guys. because they're like what thirteen, fourteen. They're, yeah, they're, they're not old, and yet they're running a comic book store. 
And they're masquerading as vampire hunters. Well, they are vampire hunters masquerading as comic book uh, shop owners. But they're 13. Yeah, it's super weird. And doesn't one of them flirt with the mum or something? Yeah, something like that. I I, want to say Mouth from the Goonies. Yeah. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Yeah, yeah, I want to say him, but... Yeah, that was a a strange movie. Yeah, it's a brilliant movie, though. And Mm. it's it's absolutely one one of my favourites by a clear mile. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, we were also talking about the the remake of Halloween. <laughs> well, you've seen this, I haven't, and I'm glad I didn't see it. Yeah, from I, sounds yeah of I've seen it, and um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand Hollywood's fascination with remaking or rebooting franchises. It's like Halloween and Halloween Two were brilliant. Okay, there's a reason that they did Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Because they wanted to get away from Michael Myers. Yeah. Uh, because it was kind of done, you know. He'd mm. come back, um, he'd tortured Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, mentally, and also tried to, to kill her quite a lot. Um, you had the the effervescent Donald Pleasant, who was amazing. And then it kind of rolled into the next one, where he, he kind of comes out of the ambulance and, and carries on. And that in itself was actually quite clever. That's the first time there'd ever been a film where it rolled into a second film and it was yeah. simultaneous. And it, the the story continued yeah. into a second film, which was brilliant. And then they went down Season of the Witch and then all of a sudden Michael Myers has come back from the dead again and again mm-hmm. and again mm-hmm. and again. And, oh, again. And, and don't forget, and again. And again. Um, I think <laughs> that guy... Definitely has been has been definitely killed. He's had more on-screen deaths than I've had hot dinners, so and I'm a big guy. <laughs> it, it, it is unbelievable the amount of times that Michael Myers has been killed off, and then magically he's still alive. It's like, oh, actually, he didn't die. We lied. Yeah. Hang on, we saw it in the film. He was blown up. He was shot. He was stabbed. He was. It just cut. gets silly because it... didn't he get decapitated in one film? Yeah, it becomes like Wiley e. Coyote at one point, or it's just like. How many ways can he die and come back next episode? I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, God bless her soul, she was, you know, the ultimate scream queen Yep. back in the 70s. Now she's just old as fuck. <laughs> I mean, that happens to people, Richard. Yeah, but she is like old, old. <laughs> she doesn't even look good in that film. She looks terrible. But when you see her outside of the film, she looks amazing. But she looks ragged and old and she just looks like she's got no fight left in that film although mm. she you know I, I know she does put up a fight and blah 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 the same rules apply from every other halloween film that she starred in but she just looks old and ragged and it's where i can see scream going if they ever decide to bring out another one mm. with neve campbell yeah because you know scream was brilliant yeah. you know wes craven absolute genius um, I honestly think horror is going in a different way these days. Anyway, now. I mean, you've got you've got so many horror TV shows. Yes, at the moment, um, Netflix is knocking it out of the park it, recently. It is absolutely, and that's where I think that films are beginning to fall behind and they're beginning to to lack. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I know I've never I haven't watched it, but the the Haunting of Hill House. I've seen. I'm starting. Well, I've started that, and it is terrifying. I cannot watch much more than one episode, like, a night. Uh, I can't binge watch it because I'll probably not sleep. And the worst thing is, uh, I then watched a YouTube video 
uh, after I watched one episode that went through the entire episode and pointed out all the subliminal background ghosts that you miss. completely miss. Yeah. And it freaked me out for a long time. See, no, I, I've had mixed reviews <laughs> from that. I've had people say it's great, and people have been like, mm, And you've got American average. Horror Story. Yeah, which... That TV series, uh, again, gets my adrenaline up. I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to horrors, like proper sort of, well, not jump scary ones, but if they can get the right atmosphere going, yeah. that will freak me out. But that, get... that's where a lot of films are struggling massively. Yeah. You've got, what are we on, Paranormal Activity 20? Is that about right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I do I mean, not watch those anymore. The first one was jumpy and was great, and now it's just stupid. Saw was just a different class when that came out. That wasn't that wasn't really horror though. That was just violence for the sake of violence, violence and gore. Yeah. It was still or gore porn, it was as still, people call it. Yeah, but that was genius. And now you've genius. got you've, you've just had what Jigsaw, which is the eighth film, and it's, it's like it gets to be a bit like you know the Freddy series. Yeah, like when you had the uh, the Dream Warriors. Yeah, and that was like completely not a horror. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you do series of movies like this, you should really start considering, well, if we're making a series, why not make a TV series? Why not spend a little bit more effort in terms of stretching it out and like filling out plot points and things? Yeah, and really giving the, giving the audience something to get their teeth into. Yeah. I mean, case in point, it's not really horror, but it's dark, okay? The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, dear God. Now, right, seriously. <laughs> Dude. That, no, 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 no. I, I, I was like this when you said about Insatiable, so shut your face. Okay. Right? Seriously, okay. This is from the creators of Riverdale, so yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah. But when, I mean, I, I grew up watching Sabrina, Teenage Witch. So did I, yeah. So. Um, well, not like, it wasn't the one thing I watched. No, it wasn't the one. No, but it was, you know, you'd, you'd watch it. Melissa. McCarthy. No. No. Melissa Hart. I can't remember. I'm going to kick myself for not getting uh, it. Melissa Joan Hart, yeah. 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 Um, but this one is with Keenan Shipka, who plays Sabrina Spellman. And it is dark, man. Like, you see people get their necks ripped out. You see them get their insides pulled apart. It is dark. Like, seriously, dark. Yeah. Spread over 10 episodes, and it just gets darker and darker and weirder and weirder. And, and I'm watching it, and I'm thinking... This isn't for kids. <laughs> this ain't for kids. This isn't some happy-go-lucky witch with little magical powers. Like, this chick means business, and these people want to absolutely fuck shit up. I mean, yeah, I've seen a number of things that I don't really understand what their target audience is, if you know what I mean. Like, stuff that could have been aimed for kids, but then has, like, a seriously dark turn to it, and you're like, yeah. okay, this isn't... Kids. Well, it's a fifteen. I think it's a, some of the episodes yeah. are fifteen, which I totally get because it is dark as hell, and it wasn't what I was expecting. I, I honestly wasn't, and I was pleasantly surprised. And I actually kind of got to the end of the the, the part one in inverted commas, mm. and I was kind of thinking, "Damn, I want part two. I, do you know what I mean? I want to, I want to see where this goes now." Well, I think the test of any good TV series is definitely the season two. Because um, I watched, I I was one of the few that actually watched Riverdale season one when it first came out. I saw the trailers. I was semi interested to yeah. see where they'd take it. Never watched it, so 
I watched the first season, was really impressed. Uh, it was a really concise story, you know, told what it needed to told and did it in a really fantastic way. And then the second series started uh, and now apparently the third ser- series is out and the second series bombed hard in my book. Like yeah. properly lack of any sort of direction whatsoever in terms of narrative just felt like it was floundering about for the sake of oh we've got to we've got to make some money quick we've got to release season two as soon as possible we're not going to really pay much attention to what story we've got we just need to put something out there oh we're like well we've done half of the story so far but we've done the same amount of episodes as season one what we're going to say oh that's the end of the first part of series two yeah see i i don't like that at all um but the reason they've done it for the chilling tale, chilling adventures of sabrina is that they were commissioned for 20 episodes but each episode is an hour mm. so so they split it and they're at the filming back to back so they filmed all of season one and went Ugh. straight into season two to keep the momentum going so you know but but that was uh quite that was very dark and I, I would recommend anybody watch it if you've got Netflix is to I'll watch it, it. I'll give it a try. You honestly, <laughs> you should. Honestly, you really, really should. Um, what I've been watching a lot lately, because um, I've had a lot of spare time on my hands, haven't we all? But. Um, <laughs> yes, due to uh, redundancy. So I've had I've had time on my hand, and uh, I've been watching indie horrors, oh, like okay. like proper like British indie horrors. So um, I'm I'm friendly with a couple of horror actresses and and actors and directors. And a lot of their films are now being published on Amazon. So they're they're finally getting a little bit of airtime. So I've been watching a couple. um, And I tell you what, that you give them people a Hollywood budget, they would give you something to shit your pants because well, that's, honestly that's the thing with indie directors and like just generally people that are working on those lower budgets they know their budgets they know what they can and can't do more effectively than the people with giant budgets yeah but they they're using like they don't use special effects they just use fx yeah and well they're all sort of special effects yeah but it's not computer wizardry makeup effects yeah yeah, yeah. but but that's even Physical. that makes it even more even more appealing. Yeah. I mean, you've got um, the Barge people, okay? No one will know the no. Barge people. And I spoke about this film last year on Halloween. Um, that was when it first came to my attention. It was uh, it was just coming out. And um, it stars one of my one of my friends, Kate Davies-Swig. And it is horrifying in a great way. You know, you've got people, they're on a barge holiday on the Norfolk Broads, mm. right? And then you just get these people that the barge people and they just start yeah. ripping people apart like feeding off and like broad daylight and then they're chasing people down and it, it's just utterly utterly scary like terrifying mm. and it's brilliant um well, escape it's... from cannibal farm have a guess what that's about uh ponies exactly ponies <laughs> um yeah i mean that is horrifying as well the blood and the gore and the jumps and the the, the tension it, it's funny indie directors nail atmosphere and tension and they can build it hollywood directors seem like they're in a rush to get that 
well, some instant the... scare. But they, they don't want to put the effort in to build it up like some of the older films. It's like um, some of the old classics, The Exorcist, for instance. Or, like, you could even go to like Alien as an example. You yeah. don't see the Alien until like a good hour and 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. It just it builds the suspense. Mm. The old and I've always and I've always said it, and I said it last year as well. The old horror films aren't the best. Exorcist, okay. Exorcist, Halloween, Silence, Nightmare on Elm Street, Silence of the Lambs, um, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Nightmare before Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You did say good. that, yeah. yeah. The Omen. Pet Cemetery, the original Pet Cemetery, which is being remade and is coming out next year, and I am <laughs> sick of seeing these remakes because the original was low budget, was, but that made it so scary. I'll tell you a good remake though. Uh, the Hannibal TV series is good. Never watched it. You should. It's got Mads Mikkelsen in it, uh, who plays Hannibal, uh, and it's, you know, Dexter. Yeah. It's a bit like that, but even darker. Okay, yeah, because we know from Silence of the Lambs that Hannibal Lecter killed quite a few people. Yeah, yeah. It's It actually covers some points of the the movies that, include, that are included, such as uh, Hannibal the movie uh, with, um, you know, Gary Oldman's character. Yeah. I can't remember his name. No, he was the only one to ever survive Lecter. Yeah. Uh, that character's um, in the series. Uh, you also have... Um, Oh, Red Dragon guy. Oh, um, Edward Norton. That's the character. So not the character. That's no, the actor. Uh, Ray Fiennes is the. Oh, is it Ray Fiennes? Yeah. Ed Norton's in that one. Yeah. But he's the good guy. He's the detective. But yeah, um, it it covers some of the, uh, those movies and goes through uh, some other sort of, you know, murders that he's committed and everything like that and it's it's really disturbing in a really good way uh, in a really sort of sorry i'm gonna put my i'll put my hand up there i don't know what <laughs> mason verger mason verger yes he was the one. only guy to survive hannibal lecter yeah um and uh he's actually made into uh more of a repulsive character in the tv series than he was in the movie surprisingly really yeah it's it's a credit to the actors in it, but they did a really good job with Hannibal, the TV series. So if you get some time, start a couple of episodes, see how you get on with it. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, well, I was hooked from the first couple of episodes. See, that that's the that's the sign of a good TV show, when after a couple of episodes you think, Do you know what, actually, I'm going to invest some time in here. Mm. Whereas in a film, yeah, it's hard... Unless it's sort of like a Marvel film and you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, That's like, one of the reasons I think Marvel has been so successful recently <laughs> is because <clears throat> with the rising cinema costs, you know, just going to the cinema is yeah. pretty costly these days. Like People want a sure thing. They want to know that they're going to enjoy themselves. And one of the best ways to do that is, oh, it's going to be a Marvel film. I can guarantee that I'm going to, you know, laugh. I'm going to enjoy watching the action and stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my theory as to why Marvel is so damn successful with superhero movies. Yeah, whereas horror movies, they seem to be quite a dying breed. Hit I and mean, miss. they are very hit and miss. I mean, you've got like um, The Conjuring, you've got um, Annabelle follows on from that. I'd say A Quiet Place did really well. Yeah, I actually quite liked A Quiet Place. I thought I that really was. Enjoyed it. I, I like that. Would you class Mother 
as a as our horror? I'd say that's uh, psychologically thr- psychological thriller, thriller slash mm. alt- alternative. I w- almost want to say, yeah. Although it's not music, so you can't really call it alternative. But yeah, it does not. In my book, it's just very very weird. It is. It is a little bit weird, isn't it? But I could I could see how it could be disturbing and like you know freak people out. So it could be horror. Yeah. I just I, I just don't know. I'm just not. But it is difficult these days with horror movies coming out in droves, droves, and it's not even like um, specific times. They're all year through now. Yeah, horror always used to be sort of October, beginning of November. You'd get them to yeah. to kind of play on the Halloween. Which, by the way, I must say, Halloween is actually an American holiday. Yeah, it's not a British holiday. Holiday, and it's based on um, All Hallows Eve, and yeah. people don't even know about All Hallows Eve, and. This annoys me as well. It because, even goes all the way back to paganism. So yeah, and uh, the Salem witch hunts and and, and well, goes, before that. Well, right. yeah, it goes. I know it goes before that, but it was kind of immortalized in the Salem witch, yeah, witch hunts and stuff. But um, but yeah, it, it's not just that. It's what comes after Halloween because you've got All Hallows Eve, um, and my favourite celebration apart from Christmas, uh, Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, Day of the Dead. Um, and I fell in love with Day of the Dead uh, after watching The Book of Life, which is a children's animation <laughs> film. But I absolutely loved it. Um, it's got the guy that plays Q in Star Trek. He's just his voice. I can't oh, think. Oh, I know. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, he's in so many films, but I can't remember uh, what his name is. I'm going to Google it now. I'm going to find out what his name is. Um, John Delancey. Hmm. Love his voice, and he plays... Um, He's in there, and he's and yeah, I just fell in love with that. But people are like, eh? "What's that?" I know it's only like a Mexican um, tradition, but mm. the the whole thing behind it is so it leads on to to Halloween. It begins on All Hallows Eve and yeah. works its way down to the actual Day of the Dead. So you've got Day of the Souls um, and uh, Day of the Family, and then you've got Day of the Dead. And it's just, it's brilliant. But yeah, Halloween is actually an American holiday. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with England at all. And it and it only come to to promise in the UK during the war when a lot of the US service personnel were over here with their families yeah. and they would celebrate it on the base and it would go into the local papers and then the British families would be like, oh, we'll, we'll do that. And villages and things. And then yeah. it started to spread out and now it seems to be like a national holiday, a bit like Black Friday. Yeah, again, like, unless you were in America, the discounts weren't actually happening on Black no, Friday because in Black, Black Friday is the day, is the first is the first Friday or the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And Thanksgiving... For for those of those of you in America, obviously, are uh, for when Americans uh, are thankful for um, for lots of stuff, but more importantly, for stealing land from the Native Americans. Yeah, the, uh, um, <laughs> thank you for the land that you have so kindly let us take. <laughs> yeah, forcefully, I might add as well. Uh, the irony isn't lost on on those outside of England and for uh, outside of America. Sorry, <laughs> and in our gratitude, here are some blankets. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and by the way, we're going to stuff our face with turkey and cranberry sauce and everything else, and we're going to have parades about how thankful we are that uh, that we stole all your land and Richard, murdered all your Richard, families. Call it with the political message. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but 
again, Halloween isn't really anything that that was part of, of British culture until until the war. And now, like you mm. said earlier on, it seems to be more more about yeah it's the, more it's more prominent than than other things like i've i've seen some british people celebrating thanksgiving which i have no idea why they're doing it i've seen you know uh all sorts i think it's just a case of globalization the internet being able to make uh distances seem completely irrelevant these days yeah uh, i see people celebrating the fourth of july yeah and i'm like day. I'm like the only way you should be celebrating that is standing on top of a pile of things and speaking what Bill Pullman says. The Independence Day speech. I don't want oh, to hear anything okay. else. All I want okay. is that speech, and that is it. That's that's a good one. That's a good speech. Not my favorite. Not my favorite war speech ever. I think quite recently Idris Elba in um, Pacific Rim. Did I knew a really you were going to good... say that because that's just we are cancelling the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. but it, it it was very much. Um, an Independence yeah. Day speech. Yeah, it was totally like. But, a, but we've we've gone off we've on gone, a massive. Like, what were we doing? Oh, Halloween. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Scary movies. Sleepy Hollow. With, with um, Christopher Walken. Oh yeah. Shark, shark teeth. Christopher Walken. Yes. Scared me as a kid. Yeah. Um, Didn't that have Johnny Depp in it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought yep. so. And a favorite movie of mine that's horror themed, but I never really treat it as horror themed. Uh, I just generally love watching it. 40 Days of Night. Oh, I love that from Josh Hartnett. Yeah. It's 30 Days of Night, but... Okay. 30, oh, yeah, you're, there's you're, a movie of 40 Days and 40 Nights, yeah, you're, you're which thinking is of the, the one where he's taking an abstinence vow. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah Different yeah. Josh Hartnett film. Don't get the mix Don't up. Don't get a mix up. Yeah, 30 but Days no, of Nights. 30 also. Days of Nights is brilliant. You know, I only watched that recently, you know, again, and mm. I was horrified at how gory and bloody it was. It's and brutal. I was like... Damn, this is a brutal film, but that is a phenomenal vampire film. Yeah, and they're it, like literally land sharks. They are so good. I mean, the guy who plays uh, the lead baddie, uh, John, 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 something. I can't remember, but he is terrifying. Those teeth and just his whole demeanor is just—it's eerie. I mean, all of them are. Oh, Danny Houston. Danny Houston. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's in that. A really, he really, really, really is, and it's and it is it is a great film. I mean, we can't talk about Halloween and and horror films without talking about the one that gets mooted as having a sequel every single year, and people people share the living daylights out of it, thinking that it's real. Okay, this film is never going to have a sequel ever. Mm. It's never going to happen. Okay, what Hocus Pocus. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I'm so it, with you on this. Zachary like, Binks and the the three witches. I mean, Sarah but, Jessica Parker when well, she was attractive. when she was attractive. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, god, Kathy and Jammy. Um, and, and Bette Midler. Midler. Yeah, Bette Midler. I mean, that as a child, that was horrifying. That film. Yeah. Um, my, but then it's got the, the my amazing. Mom used to it's Bette got Midler's character, and I was like literally scared stiff of my own mother. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's like when they they're like sweeping across the the floor doing their hexes and stuff, and it, it is terrifying. But it also introduces us to the fabulous actor Doug Jones, who plays Billy, the guy who has his lips sewed up. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm on the same track. Yeah. yeah, and and every year it comes out, and I see people saying, 
um, it's back. Yeah, confirmed. No, it as bloody sequel. well isn't. No, it's <laughs> sequel not. confirmed. No. no, every year the same crap comes out. It is not getting a sequel. It's never going to happen. You know, if you want to see one uh, that is going to happen. Well, no, there was a sequel. It was called Sex and City, I think. <laughs> Four witches this time. No. <laughs> no, 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 that's four bitches. Oh, oh damn! You were close. Yeah, you, you, you was a you was a, a consonant out. But the, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but but yeah, it, it's never going to happen. But if you want to see a film that is going to have one, Bad Boys, Bad Boys Three. That's not a Halloween. Movie. I don't give a I don't give a monkey. I'm chucking it in here. Throwing because, that into the side well, because it's Bad Boys Three. We'll do Michael Bay next week. Yeah, we're doing Michael Bay next week. So that, um, that ties in nicely. Yeah, it does uh, with Bad Boys Three. Have you seen the video that Will Smith has done? Yeah, with. Uh, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, y'all, y'all ain't ready for this. Just, just you wait. It's official, baby. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then Mark, you're totally going over what Martin Lawrence is trying to say, and literally you are blocking him out. Yeah. <laughs> the poor guy is just like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Hocus Pocus is never going to get a sequel. If you ever see it on Facebook, it's bullshit. Don't even think about sharing it. It's never going to happen. As much as the child in me wishes it would. These days, if it is going to be confirmed, it's going to be confirmed like Will Smith. It will be Sarah Jessica Parker or someone of that ilk doing a video saying that it's confirmed. Never take just written word as law these days because anyone can fake a confirmation. Yeah, it's not difficult to to whip (laughs) up a poster to make it look like they're doing it yeah. again. They're not, unfortunately. And it is a shame because it would be amazing. It would be. It's truly, actually, it's got some great themes, but I just generally don't believe that they would even be able to do it these days anyway, um, to put children in peril in a movie. Yeah, because heaven forbid, Jesus Christ, can you even imagine the uproar right. that, that would happen? It, it's crazy. And to be honest, I think the more we see of things like um, Stranger Things that are trying to push the boat out and do yeah. some slightly alternative things and have kids that are much more believable than a lot of the Hollywood stuff uh, at the minute um, where they're, they're in peril. I would say that the kids from the Stranger Things um, series are in... They are in, in serious danger. Yeah, they're not, danger. you know, they're not, um, they're not safe. <laughs> not even in the slightest... <laughs> So, and that that is good. I mean, don't get me started on Stranger Things because I'll just lose. I mean, it's it's technically horror, but thriller. It's very Stephen King. Oh, it. it. I can't believe we missed it. It's all right. We've still got time. I mean, it terrifies me. Like, see, not, now not I would love, one, I would love one. to take the old, the original it, and just swap the um, the Pennywises. So I would take out... Well, the old movie with the new Pennywise yes. would terrify the living exactly. Christ out of me. Because, um, but the a- new one... Is it, is it Andrew Sarsgaard? Uh, it's one of the Alexander, Scars. And Alexander Skarsgård. No, Alexander's uh, the different one. Let me Google it, because I'm... There's so many Skarsgårds now. Because uh, I'm pretty sure... I can't think who it was who played him. Bill Skarsgård. Bill. So Bill Skarsgård. Did it played Pennywise in the most recent one, and it's just been confirmed as a part two coming out next year. Um, but Tim Curry's was very was nowhere near as terrifying as this year's one. But the the overall feel of the film, the original film, was a lot scarier, and it seemed like Tim Curry's Pennywise was a bit more comic relief. 
yeah. as opposed to being this, you know, this absolutely terrifying killer clown. Whereas in Ugh. the new film, yeah. Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise is terrifying, like literally terrifying. And if we could take Tim Curry, and this is no disrespect to Tim Curry whatsoever, because I love the guy as an actor. I think mm. he is absolutely terrific in everything that he does. And it, it's a wish of mine to actually meet him at some point. Um, if I ever could, that would be brilliant. It would be highly unlikely. Now, I know now. He's yes. in a wheelchair. Yes, I know. But um, but one can dream. Yeah. But if we could take uh, Bill Skarsgård to Pennywise and put him in the old original film, mm. that would be one of the scariest films you've ever seen in your entire life. I think generally that the old movie is still worth watching for it um well it, it was like a it was actually i think like a tv series yeah um, but it's definitely still wa- worth watching when, if you can find it that's the hard part um but the newest one stands up incredibly well as a remake absolutely like, it's one of the few remakes that you know is fully acceptable under my book yeah and i don't i i don't disagree i mean it, it to me, it's. I don't think it's as good as the original, but then again, I'm very hard-nosed and I prefer originals to remakes. <clears throat> Ghostbusters. Um, no, mate, it's all about the remakes. I love new Ghosts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Something just came back up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Can't but, even yeah, say No, it. I absolutely... Uh, I, I do agree with you, though. I do think that, uh, that it, it is one of the really only remakes that's acceptable. Mm. Um that can can hold its own comparatively against the the original. So uh, so yeah, right. Before we go, we've got less than three minutes. Pick your top five scary films for our listeners to go out and see over the next couple of weeks. Okay, so it obviously, if you've not seen it, watch it. It will terrify you. Um, if you aren't, if you are afraid of horrors, don't watch it because it it's it's too too scary. Yeah. Um, Haunting of Hill House and putting TV series in there. Okay, go for it. Uh, definitely give that a watch. Um, Stranger Things, um, American Horror Story series. Start at, start at the first series, work your way through it. Uh, highly recommend it. And Hannibal, uh, the TV series. Okay, so one film, four TV shows. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like so, TV shows. That's fine. So for me, it would be Scream. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, go and see Scream. Um, get it on. Just buy it. The original one, though, not the TV series. Because TV series is dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Halloween, um, the Omen, and the original Pet Cemetery. Okay, if I'm throwing some m- more movies in there, then I'll get rid of some of the TV series. Uh, Lost Boys, definitely Thirty Days of Night. Yes. Um, and the original Mummy with Brendan Fraser, because that actually has some horror elements in it. <laughs> it does, it does, but it's the Mummy. But yeah, anyway, but still, whatever. it's a classic horror mo- monster. It, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've gone for the old school films, because yeah. the old schools are the best. <laughs> what um, do you mean? Brendan Fraser's old school? <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser's old. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I just want to quickly also throw in there um, some of the old uh, Driller Killer. Love Driller Killer. Uh, Wishmaster. Oh, Wishmaster, yeah. Love Wishmaster. That's a great film. Um, yeah, there's there's loads of oldies out there. And also... Chucky. Chucky, yeah, Child's Play. Yeah, everyone loves Chucky. Um, yeah, so there's loads of horror films out there. Go and if you're a horror nut, 
just go mad. Honestly, mm. you'll find loads. Next week we are talking um, the uh, the master of explosions. Yep, Michael Bay. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple of booms. <laughs> yeah, but he goes over OTT. <laughs> but anyway, so next week is Michael Bay, and uh, we shall catch you next week. Thank you very much. See you later, and we'll see you all. We we'll see you all later. Take care. Peace. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it.